If you have your Bible today, I want you to open them to Isaiah 55 with me. Isaiah the 55th chapter and... I want to begin this morning, and I want to make a couple of statements to you, and then I want to, I want to just talk to you, share from the Word of God, but I want you to hear me make a couple of statements when I say we need to think about what we think about. Now listen to me. We need to think about what we think about. I'm going to read some scripture and I'm going to try to share a little bit with you this morning. But God has given every one of us the gift and the ability in something that many of us don't pay much attention to. But it's a thing called your imagination. Imagination is a wonderful thing. Imagination is a powerful thing. When you start talking about imagination, everybody's minds, how they think, and what they think about goes certain places. And some people imagine certain things, and you say, well, I, I, I don't know what, what, what's so important about my imagination, but if you'll pay attention this morning, I think you will... Hear me, I, 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 wanted, I thought about calling this message imagination, I thought about calling it numerous things, but one of the, what I decided that I would title this message this morning was, set your mind. Just say that with me, say, set your mind. In Isaiah, the 55th chapter, beginning at verse number 7, it says, let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. That's what Ben was talking about. The Lord will abundantly pardon. doesn't matter where you are. You come to God where you are anytime. He will pardon abundantly. Then he goes on and he says in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which, which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all of the trees of the field shall clap their hands, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a, for a, a name, 
for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Now, in this particular passage, he is saying, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Again, I want to make this statement to you. You need, we need to think about what we're thinking about. Your imagination is an incubator for every great thing that you will ever think. Let me read a verse to you over in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, Casting down arguments, the King James Version says imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. One more time, casting down arguments, imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I personally believe that our imagination is something that needs to be active. I love to imagine things. I love to sit and talk to God and read His Word and imagine certain things. And I believe that imagination is something that's extremely important and that our imagination should be active. I also believe that the enemy wants to imprison you with your imagination. It's amazing to me how many people imagine all kinds of bad things, imagine all kinds of wrong things, imagine all kinds of evil things. Imagination is one of those things that people sometimes just let run away with them. And they, 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 they can imagine all kinds of things. And today I'm trying to encourage you that you need to understand that your imagination should be and needs to be active, but it needs to be active in the right way. Now listen carefully to me say, your mind is the place where all of the miracles that God wants to work in your life will begin. Every miracle, the Bible says the working of miracles. You work a miracle, the working of miracles. Every miracle begins in the imagination of someone's mind. So your mind is the place where all the miracles that God wants to work in your life will begin. Your mind is also the place where the miracles that God wants to work in your life will die. So the enemy will try to create in your imagination a... place, a sense, where sometimes some people can't stand to be in their own thoughts. Some of you turn on the TV, the radio, turn on music, turn on stuff. you got to have noise because you don't want to sit around and think with be with who you are. You don't want to talk to who you are. 
You don't want to live in your own imagination. The devil actually would like to capture your imagination. But as we've read today in Scripture, God sends his word, so shall my word be, that every word that comes out of my mouth, it will go to its designed purpose. Every day I get up, I begin to set my mind on the fact that I want to hear what God is saying to me today. God, what do you want to tell me today? God, what do you have for me to do today? What word do I need to hear from you today in my life? I've got my mind set, just like you set a clock when I get up in the morning the first thing that I want to know is, God, what do you have to say to me today? And so I set my mind to hear from God. But you see, God sends His Word into your mind for a purpose. Isn't it amazing that the same organ in your body that creates anticipation in your body is the same organ that it creates anxiety in your body? You set your mind in one way and think, you know, man, this is going to be a good day. God's got something good. This is going to happen today. Get all anticipating good things and great things. And at the same time, some people get up with anxiety. I tell you, I don't know what I want to do. When I was young in ministry, some of you have heard me say it because I said it for years. Every morning when I'd get up, I'd say the devil says, uh-oh, watch out, boys, he's up again. What are you saying? Because I believe that God has purpose for my life he has purpose for your life God has something for us to do the devil would like to capture your imagination and put your imagination in prison you've got to make a decision in your life that your imagination is a gift from God You know, the devil is not in charge of my thoughts, my mind, or my imagination. And he's not in charge of yours. Everybody look at me. If he is, today, this moment, this service, it's over for him in your mind. This moment, this day, this time, God didn't give me this message for you today for me to come in here and you sit there and say, oh, I so bad want my imagination back for you to get up and walk out of here not having total control of what your mind is and what's in your mind and what you're thinking and in your imagination. You need to stop and think about what you're thinking about and you need to set your mind on him. Look at somebody and say, you're getting free today. Matter of fact, look at somebody and say, I think you're getting your imagination back. If I'm going to get my peace back, then I'm going to have to understand that there are territories in my mind that I've got to regain control of. 
If I've lost peace, if I've lost the ability to be calm, if I've lost the ability to not worry and stress, I've got to understand that there's, there are territories in my mind that I have allowed the devil in my imagination, I have allowed circumstances in my imagination, I have allowed situations in my imagination, I've allowed all these things in my imagination to get out of control. And there, 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 there's got to be things in, in my mind that I have to stop. You see, to me, it's, a, it's kind of a cycle of captivity that people get involved in. People just seem to be captive to these kinds of things. Now, the book of Isaiah here is a prophetic book. And when you understand that Isaiah was writing this chapter really for the, 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 the Hebrews... For some 200 years later is when he was really talking about when the people would, would need this. And he was writing this. And, and what was going on, he was writing this because the people were trapped in their thinking. They were locked into a thinking in such a way that, 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 that had them in prison. And, you know, you can be free physically and, and go where you want physically, yet be enslaved in your mind to certain things. It's amazing how many people, you know, and if you can't break free from old memories, we can't, what are you going to do and how are you going to be afraid, uh, you're going to be afraid of the future if you think that this has happened this way and it's happened this way and it's always been this way for me and if it's always this way for me, it's not going to get any better in the future and you become afraid of the future because you're trapped in old memories. You know, this happened to It's amazing how many people get caught up and get trapped in things that's happened to them that's negative, that's down. And we say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go this route again. You've got to understand that if you can break free from old memories, then, 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 then we can gain a brand new future. My past doesn't determine my future. I've preached this numerous times. My future determines my past. Everything I do tomorrow will be his today will be my history tomorrow. So today I've got to change what I do. Now the devil wants to attack your imagination. We get into negative thoughts and we get into these negative cycles, if I could say it that way. He's um, in Isaiah 55 and verse 13. He's trying to say to us here in this chapter, in this particular verse, I want to change the cycle of your thinking. What's what he says here? He says, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be for a name of the Lord, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. He said, you know, instead of the negative thing, he wants to turn it into a positive thing. Instead of it being something terrible to you. And it's amazing to me how many people think in negative terms. Y'all don't know anybody like that, do you? Huh? Help me, Lord. Notice it says in the last part of that, for an everlasting sign that you shall not be cut off. Before you're going to see the sign, the cycle's got to stop. When's the cycle of negativity going to stop in your life?
I break the cycle now on your life in the name of Jesus. The cycle for you is going to break today. An everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Life for some of you is about to change. Look at somebody and say right now, life for you is about to change. I break this cycle. I break this cycle. I break this cycle. Some of you have been here today and you've been saying, I've tried over and over and over again to get through this thing and I can't. I always go back. It's how I am. It's how I was raised. It's how I was taught. It's the way I grew up. And I'm telling you now that day's over. It's done. Stop it. Get out of it. You're going to walk out of here a different person today. A different person today. I'm going to stop. Now. Let's look at this. In Isaiah 55, verse 7, the first part of this, it says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. How is it that God is so smart? I mean, God is really smart. When I, when I think about... How did he know? How did God know that one neuron in our brain firing, sending a thought, one neuron, after it sends that thought so many times down that path, how did he know that the neurosurgeons are just, have just in recent years discovered that that thought going down that path for so long will create a pathway and you got to do something to stop that thing from firing the way it's firing. How did he know 800 years before the crucifixion of Jesus? You realize how old this is, this Isaiah, how old it is? Your neuropathways in our brain, how they function is a product of how we think right now. You are what you think you are. Right this moment, you are what you think you are. Somebody said, how did you become such a good preacher? I said, I've been thinking I was good a long time. <laughs> Somebody said, did you see what they put on you on Facebook? <laughs> no, I don't. No, if somebody's wanting to say something negative about me, I usually don't read it. Why? Now, if somebody says something nice, I like it. But if what somebody says about you can make you successful, and what somebody says about you can make you do it right, then when somebody says something wrong about you, it'll defeat you. So you can't be moved by whether it's good or whether it's bad. you got to be moved by what you said in your mind. This is how I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the best that God can cause me to be in everything I do. Now, there's people that say, you know, you're, you're being arrogant. No, no, I'm not really not. You know, and y'all, I, I know you've heard me say this before. Somebody said, who's your favorite preacher? I said, well, you know, when I'm on, I just soon listen to me as anybody. Why? Because it's amazing how many times I've listened to something I said and went back and thought, that had to come from God because I didn't know that when I went to the pulpit. 
It also helps me to understand that if God can use me, he can use anybody sitting here because I don't have any more talent or ability than anybody else sitting right here in this room. You've got to understand, God can use you, but you've got to start thinking that he can use you, believing he can use you, imagining him using you. What if you started imagining you praying for somebody and them getting healed? Just start imagining Well, Pastor Farley, you know that ain't going to happen. No, for you it'll never happen because you just right there killed it in your imagination. I've told you. I've watched God do things in my life and in the life of this church that I never thought I had the strength or the ability to do, but he came through and I began to imagine this is what we're going to do. You begin to talk about it. You begin to say it. And other people begin to say, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And all of a sudden you begin, yes, we can. And we can. We can heal the sick. We can raise the dead. We can perform miracles. Well, just imagine what it would be like if we were a church that heard God every day speak to us and we hear him talk to us and we begin to say, hey, maybe I can. Travis was talking about selling cards the other day and he said, how much do I need to make on them? I said, it don't matter how much you make on them. It matters how many you sell. I said, you can make a dollar, but just sell a million of them. Are you listening to me? What, do you really think that's going It'll never happen if you don't imagine it to happen. It'll never happen if you don't start thinking it'll happen. It'll never happen if you start not believing it'll happen. Are you with me? Now watch. Let the, verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. How did God know these neurons was going to do this? How did he know what to take? How did God know What you think you are, you become. What you think you can't, you can't. What you think you can, you can. What you do, what's firing in your mind? What's saying inside you? Well, Pastor Farley, this is just who I am. I can't be any different than who I am. Yes, you can. If you start thinking you're something different, you can become something different. Change the way you think and you'll change the way you are. Not one amen. We'll say it again. Change the way you think and you'll change the way you are. 
like that better. I'm just saying it starts with a thought. Now, he uses this analogy here in verse 10. He says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return, but waters the earth and it makes it bring forth in bud that it shall give seed to the sower. So he talks about rain. He talks about seed. And he talks about harvest. Rain, seed, harvest. Rain, y'all don't know anything about rain, do you, this week? What a good time to preach this message. Rain, seed, harvest. Rain falls on seed to create harvest. Rain falls on seed to create harvest. But the rain can only fall on the seed that's been planted. God's word is seed. Why are you not planting it in the soil of your mind. I'm telling you, I sat here Friday and work as worship, and my mind was planted with seed. I mean, it just got filled up. I mean, it just encouraged me, it strengthened me. My, Doug, my mind was sitting there going, Man, everybody needs to hear this. Man, this is so good. This guy gets up telling a story about, in 1928, this eight-year-old black girl in Louisiana was going down to the train track to get coal because they needed to use the coal to cook food with, and that she reached under a train, somebody bumped the train, it ran over this eight-year-old girl's arm and leg she lost her arm and her leg he said in 1928 you got to understand what needs to happen and he said a white man came and picked her up and carried her to the hospital he said in Louisiana in 1928 she could not even been seen at the hospital but because a white man decided to pick her up and take her in they seen her he went on talking about this lady she was one of 12 children she grew up and she married and this lady had seven boys and moved to Washington DC seven boys in 1954 the gentleman who was talking was speaking or was was speaking was born and he said that was my 98 year old mother who is still alive today who would have ever thought, and what could you say to that man that caused him to think that he could pick that black girl up and take her to the hospital and that she could do what she did, but he had something inside of him that walked over and compassion that picked her up and carried her to the hospital. 
You never know what kind of a child you're dedicating. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're about to do when you help somebody somewhere do something. Today this man's on a platform speaking internationally. Encouraging. Black and white men and women across our nation. That we work together. For the glory of God. Now watch. A thought. Rain falls on seed. And then the harvest. Let me ask you a question. Rain falls on seed that is planted. And there's a harvest. What are you watering in your life? I hope it's not a news channel. I hope it's not a negative report. I hope it's not criticism. What are you watering in your life? Rain, watering seed, produces harvest. Listen to me. Whatever you water will take over your garden. If you have a garden, go out and water the weeds and watch what happens. They'll take over. Now listen to me. I thought about Dave's message last week. Whatever you irrigate, whatever you irrigate will grow. What's going on in your imagination that you're getting some water on? Verse 7, watch this. Let the wicked forsake his way. Now, when I looked at this word forsake, for whatever reason, I thought it was strange for him to use the word forsake in this passage because when you think about the word forsake, that's a relational word. In other words, what that means, we were close and you left me. If you're not close to something, they can't forsake you. It's a relational word. Somebody can't forsake you if you were never close to them. Someone can't forsake you if you never depended on them. This is a word that a child will say, when a daddy left, he will say to his daddy, you forsook me. It's a relational word. And he said, let the wicked forsake his way. Could God, could God be saying that we have developed a certain relationship with our thoughts 
that we kind of have a relationship with our negativity, that we kind of have a relationship with our emotions, that we kind of get tied to this feeling of, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not secure, I'm not making it. Could, it. could it be that we have established a relationship with our down things, with thinking negative, with thinking bad, with thinking it's trouble, with thinking of problems? Could it be that we've established a relationship In a negative way of thinking. Could our negative thinking be a companion that we kind of deal with? You know, some of us depend on that way of thinking. And God's coming, and I'm coming today, and I'm wanting to challenge your way of thinking today. I want to look at us today, and I want to challenge how we think about things. Because, you know, some of us would rather be warm with the wrong thoughts than look at ourselves and get out from under the covers and try to find a new way of thinking. Some of us love being cuddled to how it's always been. We need to get up and say, help me think right. We need some coaches in our life. We need people in our life. I, I, I want Dave and I want others to look at me when I'm not thinking right to say, hey, wait a minute, what are you thinking? What's going on in your mind? How are you going to change? How you, if, if you don't start thinking differently, you're not going to behave differently. Let the wicked man forsake. It's relational. Do you understand I'm reading to you the Word of God and the Word of God says let the wicked man forsake, forsake his way. So I declare to you that I break that cycle over your life right now in the name of Jesus and that you have the ability to forsake your evil, wrong, negative thoughts. They are no longer in relationship with you. I declare it by the Word of God. Of God. God says today, I want to renew your mind. Help me, Lord. I want to transform the way you think. I want to break your cycle. I want to break the cycle of pessimism. I want to break the cycle of always being the victim. Some of you, it doesn't matter what goes on, you're the victim. Look at what you did to me. It doesn't matter what happens, you think you're the victim of everything that happened. I want to break the cycle of self-pity. Poor little OU is over. How many of you know we get close to these things? Yeah. I've been fellowshipping with a few of these guys. You know, pessimism. Yeah, I've had a little fellowship with him. Being the victim. I've kind of fellowshiped with him some. I can get together with a group of, group of preachers and let's talk about what a terrible thing it is to be a pastor. Well, I just stand before you today and say I break that in the name of Jesus. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. I'm whole. I'm not pessimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm somebody who understands that I'm a victor, not a victim. 
I stand before you and say that I'm telling you what, I'm not self-defeated. I'm an overcomer in everything I absolutely do. Amen. And that's a whole lot better than being a victim, pessimistic person. <clears throat> now, let me just stop. Some people don't want what I just did. They don't want it broken over their life because they're perfectly content to stand in line and be the victim. I'm talking to some of you. Man, that's probably you just wasn't raised like I was raised. Get over your self-pity. Would you have a little compassion on me? I am. I want it stopped. I have compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion and healed him. And today, I heal you in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what anybody says about you. What matters is what you say about you. What matters is not what other people think about you. It's what you think about you. Because if I can affect how you think about you, I promise you down the road, we're going to change what other people think about you. You know, go read some positive posts on Facebook. Quit reading all the negative stuff. Travis, you had a great post today. Judy, you put two of the best posts. Judy Pogue, you put two of the best posts I ever read this week on Facebook. Yeah. I read those things and I'm thinking, I need to think like this. I read some posts on there and I'm thinking, I don't even need to finish reading this one. What level do you think on? Listen to me today. Here's what I'm trying to get across, and here's what I want to say to you. I believe that God wants to promote some of us today, and, and, and you're not sure that you want the promotion because you're not sure you're going to be comfortable getting and forsaking the person and the thoughts that you've lived with for so long. You know, if I start thinking I can teach kids, I may have to start teaching them. If I start thinking I can be a tither, I might have to start tithing. If I start thinking that I could heal somebody, I may have to start praying for somebody. If I start thinking that I could be an encourager instead of a discourager, I might have to start encouraging somebody. If I start thinking that I'm an overcomer, I might have to start overcoming some stuff. If I start thinking that I can be a positive person, I might have to start being a positive person. Think about it. Think about what you think about. Let the wicked man forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Go to verse 8. Watch this. Here's God talking. For my thoughts, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me try to illustrate this. Do you know how much higher the heavens are than the earth? He's saying, so as the heavens 
are higher than the earth, I think higher than you think. The way you think is not as high as how I think. And God's saying today, I think it's time that you and I go to the next level of thought. Look at somebody and say, let's go to the next level. Let me ask you, what level are you thinking on? I know some people who are 35 who think like 13-year-olds. Y'all know that? I know some people who are 65 who think like 13-year-olds. What level are you thinking on? Are you still getting your feelings hurt over who didn't speak to you? How many of you know sometimes you see people in their mind somewhere else? You see them, they don't necessarily see you. Huh? How many of you know we get our feelings hurt sometimes? Y'all know what maturity is? Maturity is getting above getting your feelings hurt. Now, when I say stuff like this, I got to be careful who I look at, so I'm trying to look at every single person in here right now. Because I wouldn't want you to think I'm preaching to somebody else. I'm preaching to you who gets your feelings up. Because we all get our feelings hurt from time to time. Hmm? Moving right along. <clears throat> now watch. Say we need to grow up. Here's the problem with growing up. The higher you think, the harder it gets. If you're going to move up a level, it's not going to get it. How many of you play games on your phone or your iPad? Come on, be honest. On your computer. When you go to the next level, the game gets harder. It don't get easier. Mm. I can crush candy. I just want y'all to know that. <laughs> yeah. I'm really good when I'm eating a bowl of ice cream. All right. <laughs> now listen to me. The higher you go, the harder it gets. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, but you do have access to how I think, God says. Colossians chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above 
where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. God is saying to us, come think with me. wonder what God's thinking about us today. I don't really care what our critics think. I don't really care what Mr. and Mrs. Negativity think. But I do care what God thinks. And God thinks we can think like He God thinks you can do it. God thinks you can be an overcomer. God thinks you can live free from guilt. God thinks you can do anything he's thinking about you doing. God has a lot more confidence in you than you do in you. And he's wanting you to start thinking that he can come into your life, your heart, your circumstance, your situation, and get involved with it and help you succeed in what it is you're doing. Yeah, come think with me. Can we do it? Huh? Verse 1, if you then were raised with Christ, if you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the... Resurrection's not a miracle, it's a mindset. Look at what he said. If you were raised with me, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which above were Christ setting, setting at the right hand of God. Then look at this verse 2. Set your mind on things above. He's saying today, I want you to set your mind. Help me, Lord. Do you have a resurrection mindset? Can you look at defeat and see deliverance? Can you look at obstacles and see opportunity? Can you look at shortage and see supply? Can you look at not enough and see more than enough? Talking about a mindset that knows that seed doesn't come to the ground and just die. The seed doesn't just fall in the ground and die. When the seed dies, what happens is, is the life that's inside that seed begins to burst forth and begin to grow. Don't you understand that He's trying to water you so that you die, so that the life of Christ can come out of you, so that Jesus can start living through you? You've got to die to you. You've got to die and let Him live. Help me, Lord. 
thinking on a new level, experiencing life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have and have it more abundantly. Jesus descended and he ends. It's a higher way of thinking. Set your mind. Everybody say, set your mind. I wish I could set everybody else's mind to think like I do. Life would be so much easier for me. But I don't have the ability to set your mind. But I do have the ability to set my mind. You have the ability to set your mind. Guys, it's kind of like when you get your mail. Thank you. We've, uh, you know, for the last month, my daddy's not been at the office. He's got out of the hospital. He's not recouping as fast, but they bring boxes of mail to the house. Millie called me the other day and she said, uh, Daddy gets letters from everybody asking for money. And she said, I wondered why, but then I started going through his checkbook and he's sending everybody money. And I, I, I want to say this to you because I've, I, I just want you to see how we do. <clears throat> if you're going to think the way God wants you to think. And, I, you know, I've thought about numerous ways to illustrate this. But let me do it this way. <clears throat> if you don't look and see who it's from, why do you waste your time opening it? Huh? I won't mention any names, but I know some people whose computers are full because they've never deleted anything. Their memory is full. But you see, here's what I do. I look to see who it's from because depending on who it says it's from depends on whether or not I'm going to spend, no, let me say, waste my time or spend my time reading it. Most of the mail you get That's not even to me. <laughs> oh, this is from Celebrate Recovery. I probably need to read that. Yeah, 
I need to read Celebrate Recovery. Oh, what do you know? Here, here's from Rhema Christian Center. Giving envelopes. Don't want to read that. Might be a check in that one. Trying to say something to you. And I'm trying to get you to see what's the origin of the thought that you're reading. Where does it come from? Is it from God, the TV, some negative person that I'm related to? Or is it from God? God, what are you saying to me? If you want to think on a different level, you're going to start having to look at whether you're getting spam or not. The only thing that I leave in my inbox is stuff I know I need to address. Everything else goes into a thing called trash. Who are you listening to? Isaiah 55, I'm done. Verse 10. For as the rain comes down from the snow from heaven and do not return, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not Return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. God is saying, I want to send my word into your life, and I want you to read it and let it do what I'm sending it to do. You got to change the way you think. Let's imagine for just a moment that God knows everybody's situation here today. Let's imagine that God knows your name, your circumstance, your need, everything you have desires of. Let's imagine that God knows everything you're facing and he really cares. And he really loves you. And he really wants to be a part of what you're doing every day of your life. He doesn't want you to just meet him here on Sundays. 
He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to live with you. He wants to help you think His thoughts. So the invitation today from God is set your mind on things above where I am, not where you are. You know, we used to make the statement some people are so heavenly good, so heavenly minded they're no earthly good. But they were approaching it from a selfish standpoint about where they would go instead of understanding that he said, here's how you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you're not thinking about what he's doing in heaven, you're not going to know what to do here on the earth. Stand with me. Let me ask you a question right now. How much spam do you have? And y'all know what I mean when I say spam? Everybody here know what I mean when I say How much spam do you have in your mind right now? Huh? How much stuff do we have in our mind that should be in a trash bin? And how much can God really say to us today that he wants to say? I told you, and I really mean it when I say to you, some of you are going to walk out of here different because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to leave. You're going to, you're going to dump some of it. Some of you need to get a download from heaven today. So, Lord, I'm just asking you right now to help us set our minds on you, your word, and your ways. Every day, Lord, every day, I want to hear what you have to say. Every day, I want to think what you're saying. I want to do what you're doing. I know your ways are above mine and your thoughts are higher than mine. But I want to think your thoughts. I want to walk with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The altar's open today. If you're not in a right relationship with the Lord, I want to invite you to come forward and we'll have somebody pray with you, whatever your need may be. If you're here and you need a download of healing in your body, I believe that God can touch you and heal you. If you're here today and you just need anything from God, we want to pray for you. We want to believe with you. We want to encourage you. I want you to think His thoughts. I want you to imagine what God can do in your life. And I want you to get rid of all those negative thoughts. God's a good God. And He loves you. We've got to retrain how we think. Amen? Well, again, the altar's open. Communion elements are here. If you desire to receive communion, please come forward. Please pray with someone. I appreciate you being here. It's great to see you, Keith, Janie, I love you. Good to have you this morning. I love every one of you that's here. Steve's good to have you. Love you. I love you. Come back.